We are straight-talking Southern girls in our 50s, and that's what you're going to get. Welcome to Ladies Roadmap. We're your hosts, Joe Jamie Tyler and Lana Helda. Come along for the ride and join us as we travel to bring you thought-provoking subjects and women who inspire and strive to make a difference in the world. Well, today we have a very interesting guest. Peg Munson was born and raised in Las Vegas, Nevada, and was the first woman to be hired on the Las Vegas Fire Department, and she served 22 years as a firefighter. Now that, okay, that's just cool. She is also an arson investigator and a bomb technician, and may I say she's a bombshell as well. She has been deputized as a U.S. Marshal and obtained a Secret Service clearance. She's been a single mother throughout her career, raising her daughter on her own. She's been retired for five years and now teaches in the military, Army Special Forces, Navy SEALs, and the United States Air Force, and the first responders throughout the United States. And she even teaches fire science at the College of Southern Nevada. Welcome, Peg. Hello. Thank you very much for having me on. I'm really excited about what you ladies are doing here. Well, thank you. That's quite a resume, Peg. Thank you. And you guys haven't even heard the re- haven't even heard the half of it yet. Just just guess. Stay tuned for this one, um, because as we speak, Peg, I met you in a professional dance class here in Las Vegas recently, and you were like this fabulous dancer. And somebody said, "Do you know that Peg is a bomb expert?" I was like, "Whoa!" So. <laughs> You're one of the most diverse women I've ever met, and you're you're just because you're because you're one of your your career has spanned the gamut of being a professional dancer and uh, working with the macho world of firefighters. Yes. What possessed you to make that transition from dancer to firefighter? Well, the passion. I had a passion to dance. I always loved the arts when I was uh, a younger girl, and I loved to dance. And I did a couple of shows. And um, I just realized that, you know, after doing those shows, those girls work very hard and their career, it's limited. They're limited to how long they can go in their career. So I did, I did a tour in Japan with Mini Madden Productions and I also did a show, Country Tonight, here in Las Vegas on the Strip at the Aladdin, the old, old Aladdin Hotel. And I just realized um, after doing that, I just said, you know, there's something else that I need to do for long term. And my one of my best girlfriends growing up here in North Las Vegas, she was a firefighter. She had been on Clark County Fire Department, Sheila Tar, for five years. And there's actually a uh, elementary school named after her. And uh, so I just said, wow, what an interesting career. I would really like to do that. So I checked into it. She helped me and I started testing and I got hired on in uh, 1992. Wow. And so was she still on the squad when you were there? She was. She was Clark County Fire Department and she was there for five years. And when you were a firefighter, did you have to have a certain like what was the criteria to pass to, to become a firefighter physically? That's a good question because when I hired on, there was 3,500 applicants. So I went back to school and I started getting my fire science degree at that time and I started working out. Being a woman, you know, I really did need to work out and uh, get that upper body strength. You know, just to have a visual, Peg, how tall are you? Five, six. And you're about 135 pounds. So, (laughs) yeah, and you're having to wear 75 pounds of equipment. Correct. Oh, that is correct. Tell us about the tell about us about the worst or most exciting fire you were ever 
involved with? Well, actually, that's a, that's a really also, it's a good question. When I was a rookie, the very first call that I had was a warehouse fire off of Las Vegas Boulevard. And it was about 300 feet into this huge warehouse. And I was excited. And we saw the smoke, the plume of black smoke and running out of the fire truck and pulling the hose. And we went in about 150 feet deep into this warehouse. And it was just blazing. And um, we I went to open up the nozzle and uh, there was just flames all around my head and it was a very clean burn and it was it was this just beautiful fire and I remember looking at it and I opened up the nozzle and there was no water so my partner behind me looked at me and I said to him no water and it was just him and I we were first respond first on scene and uh, he had to go back 150 feet to find the kink in the hose and I was sitting there in this fire with this warehouse just in, in engulfed in flames and remember saying to myself oh my goodness and, and all of a sudden, I got water, and I was able to start, you know, putting the water on the fire. But that was one of the vivid memories, and that was one of my first very huge second alarm fires. So was was that when the reality of what you'd really signed up for actually hit home? Did you did you have thoughts of, oh my gosh, what am I doing here, or were you just fired up to, no no pun intended, were you just were you just excited to? conquer the fire. Conquer the fire. And I was so excited. I loved what I did. I just loved it. Um, that was the the very first. And it just, I got the, the, the feel of it. I got the taste of it. And it was just absolutely wonderful. And all I did is want more. I was just going to ask you, can you take us back to your childhood? Because I'm just curious, was there anything in your childhood that ever even pointed to this as a career for you? None whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> really? None whatsoever. I did not grow up wanting to be a firefighter. Uh, being born and raised in Vegas, I just, uh, you know, being a, a child growing up in Las Vegas, it wasn't a question of, are you going to college? We just, we weren't raised like that because a lot of the kids, they grew up and they went into the ho hotel industry. And I knew I did not want to go into the hotel industry. I knew I wanted to do more. There was something in my gut, in my soul that I just wanted to do more. I was always very driven as a child. Well, that's quite an exciting career, but I definitely could see that I would think there would be a fear factor that would come into play, but it sounds like you're pretty fierce. Well, not so much with the fire because you have a lot of, you have your crew around you and everybody, you know, it is a brotherhood. The fire department, the firefighters, it is definitely a brother and a sisterhood. You know, we take care of each other. Uh, I w then went on to become a fire investigator and then I went on to become a uh, bomb technician. I was on the city of Las Vegas bomb squad and that's where the fear came in. Well, so what, so yeah, so I can imagine it's fearful to have to go up to a bomb and dismantle it. Is that basically your That's job? Correct. We had to mitigate the uh, situation. And if we did have a bomb threat, we had to defuse the bomb per se. And that's where a lot of the, wow, I really did sign up for this. And But as I went on in my career and I gained more experience, I also fell in love with that also. So what about when you were in this field that's obviously very male-dominated, how do they respond to the females, especially in 1992? I mean, that was a while, while ago. Not well. There was a lot of harassment. There was, uh, um, even to this day, there's about 900 in the city of Las Vegas Fire Department. There's about 900 guys on the department, and, and there is still only 20 women. 
there are still only 20 women on the department. So um, back in the day, it was very old school and we did not belong there. And I had a couple of the captains come to me and they would look me straight in the eye and they would ask me, what are you doing here? You need to be home in the kitchen pregnant. Wow. It's amazing. <laughs> you know what I was going to I was going to ask has the pay always been equal though? Always been equal. Okay, well that's good news. Yeah, that's a good thing. Well, in this in this uh bomb squad, was that like how did how did that work with your schedule? Were you part-time fireman and then par- fire person, part-time bomb squad or how did it work? Was it at the same time or were those different? different careers. They're different careers in the fire department. What, how that all works is it's called, it's a promotional position. So when you get onto the fire department, you're a firefighter, you promote to be a paramedic, then you promote to be an engineer, a captain, a battalion chief, and a chief, and then training officers. So there's a lot of different avenues that you can promote into on the fire department. And I just, I got bored on the floor. I got bored on the floor and I needed to do something more. And I'm like, wow, this bomb squad thing really looks fun. So I went ahead and I, I tested. And it's all a promotional process and it's a testing process. And the guys, they would all tell me, you know, you'll never be able to do it. You'll never be able to do it. And that's what their whole attitude towards me was always on the, on the fire department. And I, and I proved them wrong year after year. So speaking of that, Tell us and share with our ladies, what is it that kept you going through all this? What was that inside of you that when everyone's telling you, this is going to be hard for you, this is going to be impossible, what kept you going? That, when they tell me I couldn't do it and I would never, um, I had to pass the uh, fire academy and then I had to pass the uh, police academy and then I had to go to six weeks of the bomb FBI bomb academy back in Huntsville, Alabama. So basically, the more that they told me I couldn't do it because I am small, I am not your typical what you would think a firefighter or female firefighter would look like. And the more they told me that I could not do it, that's what really gave me the motivation and the drive to do it just to prove them wrong. And I did it and I did it very well. Obviously. You also did it while you were raising your child on your Correct. own. Correct. I was uh, I was divorced. Um, my daughter was four months old and I divorced her father. And that also gave me incentive to become something and do something for her and I. I was with uh, that marriage. There was no financial support. There was no emotional support. And there was no physical support helping to raise my daughter. So I had to. And that's what gave me the motivation also. Now, do they encourage... You retired... A while ago, right? When was it that you retired from the... Five years ago, uh, uh, February the 13th, 2013. So is it is it a career that just doesn't last a long time, or do they kind of encourage you to, to retire at a certain age? Uh, basically, we can retire at 50 years old and 20 years. And the reason why they allow us to retire so young is because of the stress. It is extremely stressful job. And I did not realize that until I got older, until I realized being up all night, I could not recover from that. When I was in my 20s and 30s, I could not recover from being up all night, fighting fires, running on calls, um, you know, pulling three-year-old babies out of the swimming pool, defusing bombs, arresting people, it really does take a toll on you. 
at a point, I remember waking up one day and I just said, I'm done. I cannot do this anymore because it. I was 50 years old and getting up at two, 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning constantly on calls was just physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually just wearing me out. Well, and when when you retired, did they did they offer you this the the teaching, or how did you seek out teaching to the Army Special Forces and the Navy SEALs? Actually, they sought me out. They sought me out because of my good reputation that I have on the fire department, working very hard. And uh, they sought me out. They needed a female bomb technician, and they called me to come teach. That is awesome. So you've been retired for five years. For five years. What is lighting you up these days? Well, I had to sit down. That's a really good question, Joe Jamie, because after being 50 years old, my daughter is now in college. She's in her 20s. Having that fabulous career, you, I sat down with myself and I said to myself, now what? Now what? I'm Now I'm going to be 55 in June. So back then I said, now what? What is it that's going to make me want to get out of bed in the morning? And basically I really had to go back to my passion. You know, what is my passion? What makes me happy? What brings me joy in life? Because I had, I had the marriage. I had the child. I did the great career. And now what is my next chapter? And that was basically my dancing. So I did follow that passion and I went back to dance class at 50 years old. Well, tell them about this because it's pretty fun dance. It's a pretty interesting dance class oh, I here just, in Vegas. Just love it. It's where a lot of us uh, old professional dancers go to create and, and, and to have some type of an outlet for that passion. Yeah, it's all the uh, it's all retired dancers that were professionals, and ages all the way from probably forty five to my mother, who's eighty one, is in there. Love her; she's an inspiration. Yes. Well, you know, we all know. I mean, I've even tried to take dance classes in the past. Gosh, and it was probably ten years ago. I mean, it takes a lot of mental energy as well as physical energy, but it's so invigorating. So I think that's awesome that at least you have something that you're still passionate about, A, that keeps you physically fit, B, and it's it's just so much fun. So I think that's a great outlet for anybody that's trying to think of something more creative and fun to do. I want to know, someone like you, Peg, what is a couple of books that you enjoy or would recommend to somebody if you were going to give someone a book? Uh, the Four Agreements. I love that book. It's a really easy read. It's a quick read. And it really puts kind of life in perspective. And it's simple, very simple to understand. Well, you seem to have a lot of spirituality inside of you. And I heard through the grapevine that you even whole classes in vision boards. I do, because I think it's important. I think it's important for women, for girls to have those visions because there is, with society today, society tells us you're not pretty enough, you're not thin enough, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough. And I want to share with other women and other girls and other young women that whatever you dream, you put one foot in front of the other and you can achieve it. You believe it and you can achieve it. I'm feeling a book under you. 
<laughs> in your bones somewhere coming out. Yes, I have talked to a ghostwriter and I'm in the process of actually writing my story just to share it with the world to let everybody know no matter who and what you are, you can do and be what you want to be and don't let society define you. I think that's my biggest, if I can share anything with the world, and I told my daughter this the other day, do not let society define you. You define you. Who are you? Who do you want to be? You know, what are those old ideas that you hold that you're not good enough or you're not worthy enough? You're not smart enough. Let those ideas go. Suspend those ideas and ask yourself, who do you really want to be? And then put one foot in front of the other and become it. Well, you obviously had to do that in that in your role as a firefighter. But now I'm just curious. So how old is your daughter now? She's going to be 21 next week. Great. And and was she still living in uh, Las Vegas? She's still at home with me. She's going to UNLV and she wants to become a, de- a defense attorney. Okay. I was curious what she had decided to, to do. That's interesting. She saw me go through what I, I went through and I asked her, I said, you know, you want to become a firefighter. It's a wonderful career. And she saw all the wonderful things about it, but then she also all, she saw the not so wonderful things about it. If you have something in your in your purse or your personal items that you are super excited about, but can you share with us what your two favorite beauty products are? Actually, I just came across uh, this one beauty project uh, product. It's a mask, and it is made out of um, volcanic ash, and it is fabulous. It is absolutely fabulous, and also a um, a little I don't even know what to call it. Some type of a uh, pocket. It's like a, uh, it holds all your cosmetics. Correct. Carrying case. And it's wonderful. For travel. That's correct. Because you, tra- oh, but you know what? We always ask our guests about travel. Are you a light packer or are you a heavy packer? I am a heavy packer. Good girl. <laughs> and how much do you travel? How much are you finding that you're traveling these days? Quite a bit, especially with teaching. I, I do a lot of uh, traveling for teaching. I'll go to Huntsville, Alabama, and I'll teach there. And I'll also go to uh, New Mexico, uh, Socorro, New Mexico, and I teach there. And then I do a lot of traveling just for fun also. Where's your favorite uh, military base? Because you're going to military bases, right? Yes, I am. I would have to say uh, Camp Pendleton. Yeah, California. Correct. <laughs> Not a bad location, is it? Not at all. <laughs> That's great. Now, Peg, you you said you've been dancing, profe- uh, taking dance class. What happens to dancers at after a certain age? Are you just done, or just taking class, or is there anything else going on? Well, Joe Jamie, that's a good question because it being a part of me and being a passion of mine, um, Vegas uh, Vegas Twin Productions dot uh, com. They go to that website and they actually put on shows for 55 and above, or I should say 50 and above. And we are doing a, a production at Ron Ducar's Production uh, Center. And it's an event center off of Las Vegas Boulevard in uh, Charleston, June the 9th. And it is a touch of Broadway. So we are taking our love for dance and we're still dancing. Oh my goodness. How many people are in your troupe? There are probably about seven. There's going to be singers, there's going to be a comedian, and there's going to be dancers. So it's actually a show, but it's sort of marketed to, a, to more seniors. That's correct. 50, 50, 50 and above. I'm coming to that. That sounds fantastic. Well, it sounds like you've been an amazing mom, and, and you're certainly an inspirational woman to us all and to our future generation. If there was one thing you could leave our audience with, what would that be? What would that, What would be that one thought? 
Well, there's two things, my kind of my mantras in life that I have always lived by, fear, false evidence appearing real. And I always have to remember that, you know, when I come up uh, against something that I'm fearful about, it's, I remember, false evidence appearing real. And another thing that I live by is analysis leads to paralysis. So I don't overanalyze. I just put one foot in front of the other and uh, just see where that leads me. That is beautiful. Peggy, if people want to find you and keep track of your all your adventures, where can they find you? I have a website. It's PeggySueMunson.com. Also, I have a Facebook, Peggy Sue Munson. Fantastic. And ladies, all this information of her tips and her beauty products and anything we mentioned today will be on our website at ladiesroadmap.com. You're an inspiration. Thank you so much for sharing, Peggy. Thank you for having me on. One more thing before we go. Ladies, do you have friends or family that have never listened to a podcast, don't know what one is, and certainly need help downloading? So Jamie's put together a fabulous quick tutorial on our website explaining what a podcast is and how to download. Just go to our website, ladiesroadmap.com, and go to the podcast page, and it's right at the top. Thank you for spreading the word about Ladies Roadmap. Thank you for listening to Ladies Roadmap. We'd like to give a shout out to our amazing music producer, Cam Tyler, at litloops.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Just go to www.ladiesroadmap.com and click on podcast. It's as easy as that. Or you can subscribe on iTunes. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Ladies Roadmap. And you know what else? We would love to hear from you. Feel free to email us at info at ladiesroadmap.com. And until next week, remember, the greatest part of a road trip isn't arriving at your destination. It's all the wild stuff that happens in between.